0: Oh,
1: yeah, thanks. Totally ruined my intro. Just forget it now. I'm (laughs) not going to do it. No, hello.
0: (laughs) Back up. Rewind.
1: (laughs) Rewind. Stop everybody. Um, I'm really excited for today's podcast because we have um, a few members of uh, um, uh, MMA and American Top Team, and uh, we're going to talk about this amazing event that happened this Saturday, UFC 249. It's like the world was waiting and everybody was so excited because it was the first time live sports are back with everything going on. Um, but first, I'd like to introduce uh, everybody here. We have uh, over here. I always like to do this. Over here, we have Trisha Cicero, MMA pro, at America Top Team Coconut Creek, and actually fighting in Titan, fighting on uh, Titan FC in June. That is now official. I hope it's okay that I announce that.
2: I guess so.
1: <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I should have that beforehand. But, well, yeah. So that's what they're looking at with, with Titan next. But uh, we will, I'll keep it in the focus. And then we have husband, Blake Bowman, MMA Pro Ultimate Fighter alum and coach. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited to talk to the both of you as I was texting Trisha during the UFC fights, too. Because to I have a lot of questions because I'm just a boxer. You know what I mean? I'm a big fan, but I'm just a boxer. So um, I have a lot of questions for you guys. I hope you're ready. And then we have right below... Uh, Desmond Moore, MMA pro, again out of American Top Team, fought for Titan FC. Collegiate wrestler, boxer, and I give him this title of all-around strong man. Okay, ah. explain why I say that because I train strength and conditioning with Desmond, and it's like what this what this man does is just like beyond. I see him lifting weights that like 250 pound guys are lifting. You know what I mean? He's just like jumping on like. Six foot boxes like it's nothing. I'm, I'm like, how do you do that? You know, but um, no, it's great. I'm, I'm very fortunate to train not only with Desmond, but also Patricia. You know, we box together. Um, she's part of my team at the PAL with Derek Santos. But uh, so I'm happy to have you guys on. Welcome. I thank hope, you. guys, thank you. I hope you like your intros. I've worked on those. <laughs>
0: Perfect.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, yes. Thank okay. you. So, here, let me give a little background UFC 249, Saturday, May 9th, 700,000 pay per view buys. No fans in attendance, Jacksonville, Florida, um, the vice, the, am I saying that vice star veterans Memorial arena? And it's one of three events taking place at the arena, uh, May 13th, May 16th. And, um, yeah, dude, I mean like how excited everybody was just so excited. I think people that weren't MMA fans became, became MMA fans because they just wanted to see live sports. So uh, you know, I guess we can we can start with. Uh, I mean, I wanted to kind of touch a little bit on each little each fight and see what you guys thought. Um, the well, the first fight, I the first fight that actually caught my eye. I didn't watch the first first fight, but the first fight uh, that caught my eye obviously was um our hometown guy Charles Rosa and Bryce Mitchell. And I remember texting texting Trisha about that and being like, "Man, you know, like Charles is friggin' tough, but the things that you know I didn't understand." like he was defending a lot, but he was kept getting caught up in the same, the same. It's like, if you get hit with a right hand, you can't keep getting hit with a right hand. You know, how do you make that adjustment? How do you make that change? So again, coming from a boxer, and this is another reason I had Dez on too, because as a collegiate wrestler as well, mm-hmm. give me your feedback. I mean, talk to me about that.
3: Who's going first? Yeah
0: yeah here's what here's what want to let me let me narrow that down. I want to know two things. number one, what that move was was called that like kind of like arm bar thing that he was on it when he was on his back and how did he try that twice because that's a move that I've never seen before in the UFC. so
3: uh, Korean zombie finished one a while back. that's a it's a twister. Collegiate wrestlers would use that as a pin. It's referred to as a guillotine in collegiate wrestling. It is a hip lock. It's not even legal in most jitsu tournaments. It's uh, it's tough. It's uh, takes a certain kind of attack pattern to really even be able to get into that. And if you don't come from wrestling, especially, um, how do you get, how do you get stuck in it fight? I don't know. I have to reserve kind of what I'm going to say about that. I used to be um one of Rose's main coaches. I drove him around uh, the South Asian part of the country. I had a lot of time invested. He was a very very good friend. Came to our engagement party. I've known him for a long time. So my, my personal critiques will be kept personally. Um, he, Once again, just like so boxing, whenever you know, you just know that in the last second of the last round, you can still land that left hook and take them out, you fall in love with it and you kind of forget your other weapons and sharpen your other tools.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of a
3: situation where it felt like Rosa really abandoned his high level for a couple of tricks. That he probably had success with in the gym with certain guys. And when it came time to reach into the tool,
1: did you ask me? Hold on, we're getting some noise. Is that Des? Oh, you yeah. mean him? Oh, okay. We yeah. muted him. Oh, sorry about yeah. that.
0: So, Des, I'll turn you on, but just give me a thumbs up when you're settled, when you're not moving anymore, and I'll turn you back on.
1: This is important information because I'm really into
3: this right now. Yeah, okay. what is this? Is this like an advertisement you try to sneak in behind your head on the mirror here, I'm not my to like go. looking on your back or something?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what you're so going back to what you're saying, Blake? About yeah, there is that one move that you can the do, you know, and then you start getting comfortable with it. But Obviously, the other person starts to recognize it and knows. <laughs>
3: Correct. Okay. Correct. Where he has a couple of tra- He kept going for a leg lock that may or may not have been there. His coach was calling for a Kimura, even though he was not really in a position. It's a very low percentage. Guys sell DVD, um, instructional and you know, Instagram ads for learn this unstoppable Kimura trap series. And they have luck against guys that aren't familiar with the series. But once you learn it like anything else, once yeah. you learned it, you learn how to stop it. And, um, He was putting himself in bad positions waiting to catch that one flick submission, much like he did in his last win. He was in a terrible position getting the piss beat out of him, and he called a nice little arm bar he's been doing for 10 years. Um, I feel like he didn't have enough emphasis and importance on scrambling and actually wrestling and improving his position, and he was willing to concede bad positions hoping that a trick would be there, Mm -hmm. just like boxing, wrestling, or music you gotta stick with fundamentals to, to go a long way and he kind of abandoned his fundamentals in my opinion. A yeah. great friend I love the guy. I would take a, take my shirt off right now for him, but he abandoned fundamentals for a couple tricks and you see why their tricks are not fundamentals.
1: Yeah and I think that's what a lot of Trisha and I were talking about that because to somebody like myself that's not familiar with wrestling, although you know my cousins wrestled, I watched it, I started to learn about jujitsu and ground games a little bit more because before I was like I need encyclopedia to know what the hell's going on. Yeah. I don't understand any of this. You know, but now understanding that aspect of it, I mean, he was in like compromising positions and the there fact that. that he got out of those positions just speaks to Charles's resilience, heart and toughness, but lacking in the technique.
3: It's, it's not even that he's lacking in the technique. Okay. It's that he was putting himself in a position where he couldn't utilize good technique. Okay. 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 See, I personally have held Rosa in chokes that I've put high level guys to sleep with. For three minutes, and he just never goes out. I've never seen him go out. I've seen the best grapplers in the world choke Rosa, and he's never gone. To so wow. I knew he wasn't going to tap. But once again, you get overly comfortable in the fact you're not going to sleep, through, and now you've lost half around and yeah. you can't get it back.
1: What really impressed me too was just that you know his neck injury. I mean, yeah. he, had, yeah. he had a very severe neck injury. And he made his first comeback was his last fight, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He won. And then, you know. Yeah, and then yeah, dude,
3: he didn't have the neck surgery touched up. He, he was actually cut twice.
1: And that's right now. I'm like, dude, you're in these positions with this neck injury and you're still like, no. Nope. He completely was like, I'm going out on my shield, whatever I got to do. So, I mean, I was totally like, it was a great fight. I mean, to start the night off for me, because that was the fight that I really wanted to start off the night with. Right. I was so excited you know um it says is there anything that you want to say about uh about Charles trained with him did you wrestle with Charles
4: I've moved around with him uh not not often but I've 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 been able to feel out certain uh positions with him before and obviously he's a he's a very technically skilled <gasps> fighter you know and and he's is his grappling is he he's not a uh he's not a newcomer to the grappling okay so um it's He's, he's very tricky and in, in different situations and, and, you know, when you speak at something like uh like this, I I'd like to speak on like a, a broader level just for, for all, you know, combat sports are all um, martial arts. So if we're thinking, you know, wrestling, which is where I can talk from, is just like any other sport that I have to, you know, learn a, a, a system and I start somewhere and then to improve, I, I move forward. So he knows, he knows the system at which he fights at, he knows grappling. And again, I think it comes back to when you're in there, you don't have time to think and you, you, you do what you do do in the the spur of the moment. And you want to hope that you've trained enough things to have that muscle memory. So, um, if, if you continue to do something, that means that you're probably training it a certain way and, and hoping that it would happen. You know what I mean? But, uh, across the board, as far as a, a grappler, he knows what he's doing and I'm sure he's going to look back and, and make his own assessments of, of the fight. And like, you know, I should have went here. I should have did that. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the fights in the past now, and you just got to learn from it. So yeah. again, it's about going back to the the fundamentals, whether that be, like that. you know what I mean? And, and, and knowing, you know, when to hold a position, when to advance in the, um, in passing in, in this, you know, just like any sport like, you know, wrestling, if, if I keep trying a move that's, you know, I got somebody with once or it might be a one trick pony type of move, you know what I mean? And I'm not focusing on my position or those basic fundamental aspects of wrestling, then I put myself in a situation for the match to get away from me. So yeah. yeah,
1: I mean I can totally relate to that with boxing. You know, the jab is always go back to the jab. When all else fails, you go to the jab. If you're not gonna jab your way in, you're gonna walk yourself in, you're gonna get caught, you know, you're gonna get held right. up, you're gonna get yeah. something that you're not focusing on your distance and keeping your range and stuff like that. Right. But um, but that was a great fight. So um and Bryce Mitchell wasn't uh, you know, he wasn't just a guy who's gonna come in and lay down for him, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were speaking very very
3: about him as well. It's is a very, very high about level about guy.
1: I was unfamiliar with his
3: background. You know? Tough guy from Arkansas. He actually had probably the most gruesome, <laughs> gruesome injury out of uh, out of competition that you'll ever hear. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um, doing house repairs on a ladder, and he put the power drill and pinched it between his legs, and the oh. drill went off and caught his genitals and tore his scrotum open.
1: Oh my god! Did they? They
0: didn't say that, that on air. Terrible. Oh. Wow.
3: He actually <laughs> yeah. said to Charles. You may take my arm off, but I rip my own nutsack off. I'm not oh. worried about my arm.
1: <laughs>
2: that was
3: part of the pre-fight trash talk, and it's 100.
1: Yeah,
3: true. true. But he, he was.
1: But only fighters, I swear. Only fighters.
3: Oh, wow. <laughs> not put it on the ladder yet, yeah, right? Exactly. You put it on the ladder.
1: <laughs> oh my god. So I mean, but his background. Now his. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, his wrestling and his. I mean, his brown game was phenomenal. I thought the both of them, for my opinion, the both of them. um, If I'm gonna critique striking, terrible. Terrible, like hands down. I thought the both of them were terrible. I well, had like forty-five seconds to look at and the whole Oh, My gosh! Years. And I'm, that's the only thing I critique on because no. that's what I know. But Price I'm like was
3: a very, very high-level graph, Very high-level graph.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why. And the two of them seem more comfortable on the ground yeah. than standing up. So it was, uh yeah, that was very interesting. And,
3: and to kind, of, you kind, of kind of kind of reference to what what Dez was talking about. Des, I don't yeah. know. Have you ever had Charles on your neck
4: before? No, we. I mean, we've drilled certain positions when it comes to the, you know like our our MMA jujitsu stuff, yep. but um not not in like live goes and things like that. His
3: billetine, Dars, Anaconda, necktie, his whole front headlock series is is as good as you're going to find in the training wow. room, and that's why i he's willing to concede the takedown to get the neck, and at the highest level, you cannot give up you can't give up position because now the other guy's got too much stink. Mitchell had the, had the momentum, and you never can get it back. Yeah, And um, yeah. one judge they all three rounds 10-8, yeah. and I don't think that that's completely unfair.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still learning how to score. Uh, that's why Patricia. by the way, Blake, I'm inviting myself to watch fights at your place. <laughs> <laughs> <feel> your <laughs> no, because I want to understand, and I was like trying Take
3: to- Take off your shoes me. at the door. Huh? Take off your shoes at the door.
1: Of course, of course. I'll even bring pie, okay? I'll even yeah. paint.
3: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> um, it's just so it's, really, it's so gratifying when i get to speak to people about this and, and understanding it because it's only going to make me understand like you know be able to speak about this more and and being training around you guys I've, I've developed such a huge amount of respect i mean i was always an mma fan but having trained around you and and just seeing the different um things that you guys have to go through in your training because again we're talking about charles some of these two guys as wrestlers but they're also doing jujitsu they're doing you know striking they're doing a bunch of other arts Mm-hmm. Along conditioning along with all of these, you know, everything else that to is put together. So, you know, like what Des said, you know, you go in there and you're just like, I got, I got to do what I got to do. And whatever comes out, comes out with the game plan, obviously in the forefront, okay. but uh, there's just so many things that can happen. And that's why I think MMA is so exciting, um, which leads to the next fight, which I was talking to Trisha about because I was a little bit disappointed. Um, I'm a fan of Michelle Waterson. When I fought mm-hmm. Nelson Dennison. Uh, she was in her corner, Nohim's corner, because they all train uh, with Holly. Mm-hmm. And I fought Noheem Denison in um, 2014 or 15, and it was uh, Jody Escaval and, uh, and and Michelle Waterson were in her corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great, Noheem Denison, very good fighter, but MMA fighter. She was a boxing. She had some boxing experience, I mean, she was five and two or something like that. But um, not not in a real, not really. Not to fight against somebody that the boxer, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, but I just, I just respected the team just the way that they came together and the way that they were at very professional. It was great to work with. Cause not everybody's like that, obviously boxing and MMA. Um, but going back to that fight, I know Carlos Barca, you know, again, another wrestler. Um, I was very surprised that they kept such a distance. Now, when I was talking to Tricia, my questioning to this was, okay, I'm thinking Carla, of course, is not coming in because it's she respecting Michelle Watterson's kicks? Because I know that she's karate background. Um, I didn't I, I wasn't too impressed with the striking, but I didn't feel like I saw enough to really make an assessment on their striking. It wasn't until the last round when Carla actually started throwing her hands and coming in that I was like, wow, you're actually doing something. So my opinion of that fight, it was very basic. I had it a draw. I mean, from what I knew to score, you know, I didn't really yeah. see it. Anything unanimous, you know, or anything like that. But I, I definitely was just a little bit. I thought it'd be a lot better than that. So, yeah. yeah
2: I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Michelle, the kicker, and um, just from from my experience, you know, karate is my background as well, and um, that's you know it's a fine line between using your kicks to, to keep your distance, but also being careful that, you know, a wrestler like Desmond over here doesn't catch my kicks. Yeah. So, you know, that, that plays in the distance on both ends, you know, they don't want to eat your kicks. You don't want to get your kicks caught. So yeah. it and also obviously Michelle respects Carla's wrestling. So she also didn't want to, you know, bridge that distance too much. Um, one of the things the commentator said that I noticed right away as well was that Carla was not combining. She was compartmentalizing too much. Um,
1: I you told me that because then yeah, that sense yeah, yeah, strikes. That.
2: And then when she was ready for a takedown, you knew it because she was diving for a takedown. She was
3: clearly flipping the switch. Michelle yeah.
2: Michelle could see it from a mile away and credit to Michelle on yeah. her wrestling defense because there were some really good shots that Carla, you know, threw in there that Michelle dug an underhook and and threw her off of her and turned her away from the cage. So props to Michelle on her takedown defense for sure. Um, but you know, if Carla had been putting that together using her strikes, To set up her takedowns, I think she would have had much better success to get the fight where she wanted.
1: So we have a comment here. I was surprised with Michelle's performance. I felt the match played out like a chess match, but was expecting a little more from Michelle given her warrior mentality. But you know what? But to what you said, it totally makes sense. Like, I don't know the moves of the wrestling, but that makes sense. I mean, if somebody's kicking, they're grabbing your leg. You're going down. Like, I don't know how to get out of that. You know what I mean? Especially how fast, um, uh, you know, uh, Carlos Barca is. You know, these are little girls. They're small, but they're fast. So it was it was really interesting um, to see that whole that whole uh, situation play out. Um, what do you think is next for both these girls? I know they. I mean, they're always and they're pretty active. Uh, the yeah. both. Of them. Uh, so, you know, and what's next for? I mean, you know, everybody's chasing that one fifteen crown. I know Joanna is wanting to get that back, and they're kind of all vying for it. Um, what What do you What do you expect to see in that? Because that was the most popular division for a while. You know, when Rhonda left.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're both kind of in, in tough positions. I don't think either of them are very close to a total shot. Um, you know, Michelle, um, obviously she's coming off of the loss to Joanna. And now this loss, obviously it was a, a close, you know, split decision. But I think everybody kind of has a similar opinion that it could have been a draw, could have gone to either. It wasn't really a, a super impressive uh, performance for either of them, even though certain aspects of it were were done very well. Um, for Carla, obviously she's a former, uh, champion, but I feel like she's had a little tumultuous, uh, win-lose streak where some of her wins were also split decisions that maybe could have gone the other way. Maybe she had some losses that could have been wins. So I don't feel like she really has a case going for her right now for a title shot in the near future, unless she strings together a couple more good wins after that, which, you know, of course could happen. Um, but with Michelle, I'm not sure, you know, I think USC likes her a lot uh, I think she's definitely um, shown her worth as a fighter, you know, in the UFC. So I, I think she's she's gonna be fine. She'll get another fight, but she definitely has to build herself up again.
1: So what about matchups? I mean, who, who's I mean, who, who's out there? I mean, they've they've pretty much seen a lot of each other. You know, yeah. how does that work? Because I know sometimes you know they're still building the females in the u in the UFC. You know, especially yeah. in that division, but that division and the one forty, the one thirty five, have been the most because they were like the first two. You know, the yeah. one. 145s and the girls are moving. But um, what do you think about matchups? Like, who would you would you like to see a a rematch or, like, what what do you think?
2: It's tough to say. If you look at the top ten of the strawweight division, uh, the strawweights right now. It's uh, you know, some of the the top five. I mean, you know, Nina Nina Ansaroff is on there. I don't know, remember what exactly she's ranked, but obviously she's pregnant right now. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to them. Yeah. But you know, that's that's somebody that's ranked above both of them. That obviously isn't in contention. I know Tatiana Suarez, um, she's up there. I don't know what's going on with her, and you know her possibility of a title shot. I know she was injured. Um, Felice, uh, yeah. Herrig uh, coming off of a ACL injury. She might yeah. be getting back into the mix soon. So there's been a lot of, like, inaptive straw strawweights or a lot of them that maybe just came off of a loss or won but are injured. So I'm really not sure. I'm not – you know, it's not my weight class. I do yeah. obviously watch, and, you know, obviously have a lot of teammates in that weight class. Um, but I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure where all of them are at right now. Obviously, Angela Hill. Um, I, mean, just gonna fighting, I was just going to say that, yeah, She's fighting Claudia Godella. Yeah. And I forget, big I forget yeah. who Claudia was supposed to fight. Claudia was supposed to fight somebody that got injured. And okay. Angela, of course, being Angela Hill, you know, she's fighting for like the 12th time this year already. <laughs> and it's uh, May. So, so you know, is,
1: she, that, is she fighting on one of the cards... She's fighting
2: Saturday. fighting weekend, she's fighting Saturday. Yeah,
1: okay. so, yeah, I the, know,
2: that's right. yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. I so so that'll be that'll be very interesting as well. And Angela is another one that she's like dug herself out from the trenches. It's extremely yeah. impressive and inspiring because she did not do well coming off of the show. Obviously, she didn't have the same experience as the other girls in MMA. She only had one MMA fight, um, but then after that, you know, UFC career didn't go great. They put her back in Invicta. She mm-hmm. won the Invicta belt. Went back to UFC, had a, you know, kind of had a little up and down, would win one, lose two, win two, lose one. Uh, but now she's kind of putting a streak together. And I think because she's so willing and ready to step up and fight whoever, she's like the female cowboy right now. So definitely working in her favor.
1: Yeah, I, I watched her. if She was in the on The Ultimate Fighter, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I really enjoyed Watching that, I mean, not just because of the females, but I just really enjoyed watching the whole dynamic with all the girls and just seeing them now develop in in the UFC and, and hearing her story as well. It's that's, I mean, it was it was awesome. And Carla won that, right? She won the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Didn't she? yeah. And people thought that she was going to go farther than she did
2: until she came across Joanna.
1: <laughs> Joanna was like, "Where did she come from?" You know what hey, I mean? Lana, like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's very yeah. That's yeah. It's interesting. And yeah. um,
0: so okay. And, He's tough. Joanna huh? is tough. Oh wow. yeah, especially he's that. Real, he's
1: a real deal. Yeah, Des yeah. Is there anything that you want to say on that with the girls? I know you. You're, you training with all the girls at ATT. You're. <laughs> I mean, I. us up. I, I,
4: I train with a lot of the, the straw weights and, and the fly weights. Um, you know, when it comes to their their wrestling or their striking or or if they need a look. Um, but uh, just commenting on. I guess the the hesitation that people saw, um, you know, in that in that matchup, I think you know, just like you guys said, it's it's a combination of the the wrestler not wanting to get kicked and the striker not wanting to get taken down. Yeah. Um, you know, now when you're thinking as a wrestler that this person's gonna kick, you know, at the end of the day, you're just gonna bite down and move forward, catch one of those kicks, and 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 get it to the ground. But uh, that also comes with timing and and seeing things as they're coming and then also not taking the damage so it's one thing that if i'm getting you know leg kicked or or you know different types of kicks and and they're hurting me that's gonna make me hesitate to shoot so um you know as a wrestler yeah if i see a leg i'm gonna grab that leg and you're going down but then if you're getting hurt by something it's gonna it's gonna make you slow that idea down a little bit so we you know we have to you know we would have to ask her what, what was going on there. If, if she felt, you know, the kicks or if she was just timid because of the possibility of the kicks and that plays a huge and, role. And,
1: and, and Michelle's longer than her. Michelle's is Michelle taller than her, I thought Michelle, oh, she's longer. I mean, let's leave a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that, but you know, it was funny because I feel like, you know, I love the best MMA fights to me are the most well-rounded athletes. And I just felt like in these two fights that we're talking about, I don't know if it was matchups, maybe. But I felt like there was a little bit missing. You know, they were very much, very much kickers and very much wrestlers, or very much wrestlers and very much, you know, wrestlers. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't really the good, the balance of the striking and, and all that and all that that went along with it.
2: Yeah, and one last thing I'll say is, you know, I think psychologically also might have been a factor for Michelle coming off of that loss to Joanna. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that was, you know, a really hard loss for her. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've all been there, <laughs> all of us uh, that have fought have had a tough loss. And the next fight, you're maybe a little bit apprehensive. You don't want to risk too much and lose, but you know you have to do enough to win. And it's finding that balance. So I didn't see that like, old aggression that you would see in Michelle. Yeah. I, like, I, agree. I felt the it's, same it's,
1: way. Yeah. But I felt the same way from, um, a little bit with Carla too. I felt the two of them, I've seen them way more aggressive. in other. Yeah. And I know, listen, styles make fights. And especially in what you guys do, there's so many different styles that it's just, it's, it's very different, but I think that's why they make such great fights in, mm-hmm. in MMA. Um, so going to the next one, I know we had, and we could touch on these, you guys talk as much as you want. I'm just kind of like, um, the Nico price and the Vicente, uh, Luque uh good uh yeah good fight i thought it was a great fight back and forth with the stand-up i was impressed with the stand-up because you know me i'm just like okay let's see what they got here so i was i was impressed with that um and nico's face after that fight i mean the eye was swollen shut i mean it was and clearly obviously you guys with the smaller gloves it's you're gonna see a lot more damage to the face with that than you are in boxing so um you know i don't know their backgrounds talk a little bit about about that
3: I mean, I, I, used to train with Nico. He is okay. he's oh, that's
0: a, good, good. a good fit.
3: and he's a, he's a handful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more than a handful. He's also a, I mean, he's, he's a wild man who, as you see, his face is exploding and he's laughing and laughing his tongue around. He, he loves it. He loves he's what he better does. Worse, you know, that's what he's into. Uh-huh. And when it turns into a firefight, he enjoys it like some people enjoy a movie and, um, what he lacks with clean technique, he makes up for with enthusiasm. I'm a huge, huge fan of the guy. Yeah. Uh, Vicente, uh, Vicente Luque uh, is really one of the better put-together strikers on the card, in my opinion. Um, they kept saying that he's not – neither guy's a defensive fighter. I think that Vicente Luque's de- defense is very good. His counter-striking good. I, I,
0: I think yeah,
3: he's I got a good defense. You can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a very impressive striker. I know that his father is some kind of longtime. Um, kickboxing instructor, and then he's also a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, so he does come from a kickboxing family lineage and a Jiu Jitsu background. Mm-hmm. He has a well rounded fighter. Nico is like a Charles Rosa, a super hyper aggressive grappler with whatever he can get. He's got to be the only guy in UFC yeah. history To two wow. out from his back, you wow. know. Um, so, um, yeah,
0: and you, you got to think counter punching is defense. And, he was his, yeah. and they were both good counter punchers. They were both landing uh, counter strikes which, and they were timing it really well. It was it was a great fight. Yeah. But you know, what I, was I,
1: what I was texting Trish on, like, I mean, I see, I mean, I guess when I'm looking at defense, you know what I mean? Straight line, but, Yeah,
3: too much straight line. And
1: yeah. I know it's hard for me to kind of like, I'm like, all right. And like we talk about, you know, Trish, when we spar, you know, I'm like, listen, I can't tell you to move like a boxer in there because you got to worry about all these other things happening. But yeah. like, I, I just i just would have liked to have seen i just think there's i mean listen and again we'll talk about him a little bit later on but tony ferguson tony's got head movement like tony, yeah. i boxed with tony in, in uh in california and um you know there's a lot of that but the countering too but he uses his defense to throw his punches and i, I saw wow. that a, a bit from vicente Luque. maybe not as clear as i've seen it before from other from other other strikers yeah. but uh, that was definitely that was an exciting fight uh and then we went to the heavyweights uh, with uh, Fabrizio Verdum and Oleski Olenek. That
3: was a split decision. That's Dez's uncle, Alexi Olenek. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
4: <laughs> now, when you look at a guy, you know, like uh, uh, Alexi, it's like, man, he's got so much mileage and you're like, how does he keep doing it? <laughs>
0: oh, dude.
4: They do, they do. They do. Um, I mean, I think I was telling one of one of the wrestlers the other day, like, you know, how many fights that Alexi actually has. And it's ridiculous, you know, but in. to the gym and and he's 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 happy and he trains man. He just puts his work in and it is just in his mind that I'm going to just keep doing this. I'm going to get better. I already, you know, everybody out there knows what I'm really good at. So I'm going to just keep correcting the small things, whether it be positionally, whether it be with his body, whether it be, you know, adding a little bit of striking, you know good what day. I mean? It's a good thing like to, yeah. to get better because he's so good at what he does already.
1: You know, it's funny as a, as, as a veteran fighter myself, and no disrespect to them at all, but I was just thinking, I was like, man, I can tell these guys are veterans cause they totally have dad bod, but yet <laughs> in there and they're just like, they're just like going, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. They have this experience and they have this knowledge and understanding that it just, their bodies have been through so much, it doesn't matter what it looks like, their game is right, that, right. Was, that was really, I mean, I was thinking that as I was I was watching, and I was like, but I know Fabrizio Berdum from, from uh, Venice, you know, he's got his gym down in Venice when mm-hmm. I was in California. You know, and I trained there uh, a couple of times, boxing, just working on striking with some of the girls down there. So it was it was really a really great experience, but um, just knowing how long they've been in the game and knowing all that and seeing those two fight each other. Um, but were you happy with the decision, the split decision?
3: I thought, I thought that Alexi was. for sure won. Yeah. I thought I thought he for sure yeah. won. There were parts where just you could just tell that Verdun wasn't comfortable in there. And um Alexi's been working a lot with with Polly, by the way, with uh with, with Polly Gloves to really focus on his striking. I, I read a stat that he's like the third person in UFC history to have five wins in their 40s. Oh wow um, in the UFC along with Randy Couture and um I forget the uh, I don't want to shortchange anybody. But um, yeah, because Alexi's got like 80 fights that are documented professionally. And I can guarantee you that there's Russian fights that are not documented. The guy has hundreds of. Oh, hundreds yeah, of for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. And yeah. he is insanely strong. He has picked me up by my head and carried me around the mat.
0: Oh, my
3: God. Um, at a, by my neck with his choke, oh walking around the mat with an Ezekiel choke. while oh my, my feet Um Insanely strong, insanely tough. And dad bod, because he is a dad, he brings his kid. I mean, Des, you probably yes. train kid, right? I know Quinn does, and you guys do. And so he has his kid in the gym every day with him, in the sauna with him, and uh, it's crazy. So now he's he's living the dad bod life to the fullest. He's the yeah. best. Well, he's winning
1: it, and he's making – that's going to be the new the new thing. I mean, to be able to move like that and do what he's done. I mean, no, absolutely.
3: I saw him at Dr. Gilb's yesterday. Nothing broken. They were doing x-rays on him. Nothing broken, no injuries. So he's, uh, he's good to go. Nice. So, so awesome. hard fighting against one of the – greatest all-time heavyweights right for Bruce mm-hmm. Overdoom yeah. um so and but i forgot yeah.
1: i forgot to mention like you so you you're commentating too for xf is it F, xf, xfn yes yes okay so i wanted to mention that i forgot to mention that in my notes thanks Matt, you're fired yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> no but that's that's another i mean you have the knowledge not just the experience that you have the knowledge that you have and just Having seen what you've seen, you know it's uh you know it's great. It's great to have you on. I really appreciate the two of you for coming on. Of course, Des too. Um, and then we're going to okay. So the uh, Pettis and uh, Cowboy.
3: That was something to watch, right?
1: Yeah. Holy oh cow! <laughs> so man, Cowboy. I've always been a fan of Cowboy. Like I've always I've been a fan of his. I just love his personality. I love how he comes out. I not never just like yeah. I mean yeah. How can you not? People can't, you know. People yeah, he really is, and man, he fights like hell every fight. Win, loser joy, you, it's like you forget because the fight was that good. Right. Well, the
2: other, yeah. the other thing I love too is the way he handles defeat. It's on to the next. It's that's the right. bad fights in the past. I mean, obviously, did, it, was yeah. a,
1: it was a, it was very
2: you know devastating loss to you know how he lost to Conor, right? Uh, very Not criticized and you know just get back on the horse. Like that's what I respect about him as a fighter. That's that that. He yeah. takes the loss and. Shrugs his shoulder and okay, who's next? What's
1: the next fight? When when he wins, it's just like you're just so happy and elated for him. You know what I mean? Like, just like the guy.
3: For sure. And this has to still feel like a win for him, right? Considering the last time that he fought Pettis, he got, yeah, smoked with a body shot early. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's inside information or not, but he does have certain issues. Uh, Like, I think he had diverticulitis or something or ulcerative colitis. He has. And He's been finished with body shots a few times. Dos Anjos has done it once or twice. Uh-huh. Uh, Pettis did it. He's been finished with body shots. Um, so in this situation, and he also got hurt uh, low with Connor as well, um, I-, I believe, or from a body kick. I could be I could be incorrect on that. I expected it to happen, but and um, this is situa- where he took a lot of shots that he uh, and maybe that's the weight class. Maybe it's he's better suited for a heavier weight class. He can take a little more damage. But yeah. um,
4: mm-hmm. but um,
3: compared to his last fight against Pettis, first of all, compared to any fight. You're going to see this one deserves yeah. to be appreciated. This was a oh, very, yeah. fun, very, very friendly fight between two guys that are as entertaining of strikers to watch as you're going to see in yeah. MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, so they delivered what they should have, and I love the fact that when they read the decision, Pettis shrugged and said, "I'll take it." Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's that's, yeah. The, that's the perfect way to sum that fight up. Whoever wins, yeah. who cares? I'll take. Yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And that's what I love about. I mean, I love that especially about MMA, it just, it's very different from boxing. And I'm not knocking boxing, but it is very different. Like you guys have the team atmospheres too. That's something that I've noticed. I'm training in at American top team and training in tons of different boxing gyms around the world. You know, I just, I always notice that there's the camaraderie feel of the teams when I come regardless of what goes on inside the gym. Cause listen, we all have that, but you guys work with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that mutual respect is like automatic, yeah. you know? And so when you fight another MMA fighter, you guys know you know it's like it's automatic i mean it's there in boxing too but it's different you guys are holding mitts for each other you guys are i've never i mean i i i, I can't i've never felt it but it, i felt it i feel a like different training with mma fighters even if i'm the conditioning like with des you know what i mean it's a different like checking in on me after the training session i've had boxing teammates do that before but the consistency that i have with mma fighters um of, of that, of that 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 caring and that camaraderie, like I I I I just love it. You know, I'm, I'm like, damn, how come I didn't do mixed martial arts? You know, like, you know, seriously, no, no, I ain't doing it. It's done.
3: Yeah. <laughs> come on to the dark side, Desil wrestle with you. There <laughs> you go, right I there.
1: I want to get a key. I told Phil he owes me one, so. Um, <laughs> gi? so a gi. yeah, I want to get a
4: key. I can't wrestle with that on. <laughs> 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 <It's not. laughs> no, but uh, I mean, commenting on on that fight. um, yeah. I mean, obviously you got two phenomenal strikers and then, you know, uh, some, some, some grappling aces too. Pettis, Pettis is no joke off, off of his back. Um, and you know, for Cerrone to, to, to get some takedowns and, and I believe it was either earlier this week or maybe last week, but a recent interview, he was just like, you know, the wrong guy showed up to the last fight. You know what I mean? As far as when you're thinking, uh. Donald Taroni. And when you're thinking cowboy, you know, you, you got to go somewhere to to step in that cage and he's got to go to cowboy. That's his lifestyle. That's his mentality. And he said the wrong guy showed up for that last fight. So I think, you know, for him to come out and put on that performance, he's, he's okay with what, what happened. Obviously you don't want to, yeah, you don't, you don't want to loss, but you can be more content with that than the last outing, you know? Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, and I, of course, obviously, in boxing, <gasps> I mean, Ma. my mother's watching a movie and she's in the background screaming. Oh, my podcast! <laughs> <laughs> they were on her phone watching, they're trying to be quiet. Let's make a movie. In the bedroom now. <laughs> I think I'm. I have somebody caged in my apartment screaming. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back <not> to <the> MMA. <laughs> um, okay, so then we got to the main card. We got the heavyweights. We got Greg Hardy and Yogan to Nicar- <laughs> I got opinions, but I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think of that? I mean, I, I'm just not. I'm, I, I mean, I, not that I don't like Greg Hardy, but I just don't see excitement. I don't know if it's because I'm spoiled with like other fighters and excitement. I don't. I don't know. I don't see. And I, I'm not saying like I just. I just can't connect with that when he fights. I just can't connect.
2: I mean, he's only been fighting for two years.
1: Okay. So I mean,
2: you know, most of us had at least a few
1: years. Of- but why put him? I mean, putting him before Cowboy and Pettis on the main card, dude. Like, that's where I okay. I feel like main card. Okay, here we go. I'm like, after that, I got to go to that. And I think that's, I mean, does that make sense as a fan? You're not wrong. You're not
4: okay, that makes so a wrong. lot of sense. Who can explain
0: that? Who can okay. explain that? Is it already mean, a bigger draw? I because of casual his background
3: He's a Brock Lesnar. He's a CM Punk. He's going to bring in eyes that maybe don't know MMA fighters, but they know that he's an NFL Pro Bowler. Okay. Um, he's he's competing oh, at, at the highest level. You can compete in the in football. Um, he also has had fights where he put on very very bad performances a few minutes in because his conditioning failed him, and it, sooner or later you have to gain confidence in that again. And until you do, it's always in the back of your mind that I was too tired to defend myself that one time. That's in the back of your mind.
1: And I feel like fighters are tough yeah. as, as a fighting fan, you know, as a fight, a fan of fighting and a fighter, I, I, I'm a hard, I'm, I'm a hard critic on, on watching, you know, when I'm going to say, I like somebody mm-hmm. a fan of somebody, but, um, they were uh, joking. I remember he, didn't he have an asthma? They gave him an asthma pump. In yes. one of the fights. I know they were coming. I remember that fight. And then another fight, he got disqualified for something else. Yep. When he hit the guy, when he was down, da- I don't know what, yeah. I, yeah I he needed he he a down, he a down yeah. fighter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what's kind of rubbed me the wrong way a couple of times. And as a fighter myself, I'm just like, dude, like, I know, I mean, I don't do MMA, but I know what it's like to get in there and and, and maintain your composure. But again, like you said, you know, he doesn't have that much experience as a fighter and, and putting him on these main cards is maybe putting a lot of expectation.
4: I don't sure. you know if yeah. it's the, 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 the expectation. I think he expects high things of himself. You have to. You're a professional athlete, and especially at the caliber of professional athlete he was. Um, I think he shows up to the gym, just like everybody else trying to get better. And I think he, he works. And I mean, if you actually speak to the guy, like, yeah, you can, you can listen to, you know, what the, the naysayers say and the people, the haters say, but when you just have a conversation with he's, he's just an overall great person, you know what I mean? And yeah. he wants to prove that he belongs here. So each time he goes out. He's gonna try and add something that he didn't have the last fight. And for this one, if he's gonna take something, I mean he he did an interview, uh, I think his post-fight interview, he was like two words, Steve Bruno. You know what I mean? He said right. his condition, you know, cardio is you know, they're running the pad, the combos and whatever, but he felt better. So for him, again, that's 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 progress. And that's all you're looking for is to make progress each fight. He yeah. he's on these cards, he's you know, this uh the main event because you know, you've got haters that want to see him lose. It's like a, a Floyd Mayweather effect. You know, people want to watch him lose. So mm-hmm. that's going to draw more eyes to it. He does have a following. That's going to draw more eyes to it. Oh, you that know? Makes yeah. That
1: makes it Cause I've learned, I mean, especially I know Blake, you can relate to this, but when you commentate, cause I've commentated myself, I can differentiate, I can separate the emotion. I'm looking at the facts and I think for me, when I'm looking at that as a spectator, a fan, and even just an analyst of some degree, I'm like, all right, like I said, a cowboy pettis to that. I'm kind of like, uh, you know, so but thank it you.
3: the crescendo, yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. It, the the rise of the cart. And one one critique was everybody wants to critique everything that everybody does. One thing I would say is that he had like a six-inch height and reach advantage. And it's like I really like to see him focus on getting that jab out there because he's a big guy, like yeah. six five. You know, I mean, I've been around him. Uh he's I'm, I'm I'm like six two and he's a big guy. He's for sure. Yeah. He's ever been a six five, maybe 6'6". six six.
0: He's, yeah, he's big. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, they kill him at big. six five, he yeah. might be
3: more. Yeah. Um and I'd really like to see him because as you well know, no one believes their jab is as long as it really is. You oh, know that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody believes that. And his yeah. there were a lot of times where he was jabbing almost and he really could have got in there and really stuck that jab on a guy who was clearly hurt the guy's foot was broken the guy couldn't move he took away his leg kicks his good weapon yeah. and great leg kicks looked very good which is all steve bruno yeah. um by the way but uh if he just really believed in that jab what's scared to get the leg kick When the leg kick stopped you got to stick that jab out there but um i've always said in coaching and fighting i can't control how good the other guy is i can't control how good his jujitsu is i can't control good but i can control how in shape i am Okay. Oh, and until Gray comes in there saying, I can whoop this dude's ass for 25 minutes and never take my foot off the gas, he is going to pull back a little bit in the later rounds because he has kind of gassed out in the past. And that never—that doesn't go away until you know you can do it.
1: I mean, fighting with asthma, geez. I, I, give, you know, I give them a lot of credit. You know I mean? That's 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 not easy either. You know, I still
3: can't it. use the inhaler between rounds. That's still not that, allowed. That's not, even, that's not legal. Is that not legal? Not. No. No, absolutely that's not. Because you that's
0: don't that's know bad. what's in the thing.
3: But they asked, they asked the commissioner. He said, "Go ahead." So to be fair, it doesn't fall on the horn. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Yeah, he did All talk right. to the commissioner. You know what, though, before we go on, he said something interesting in his post-fight interview. He said that he was listening to the commentator. Is that ringing? Does that ring a bell, Tricia? <laughs> he was <laughs> listening to the commentator, and he was following the advice of Rogan or whoever, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, I actually I actually heard Cormier. I don't remember what fight it was, if it was the co-main or main event, or maybe even early in the card, but he started to realize. Cormier started to, at one point say. <laughs> You know, we should be a little more quiet. I think they can hear us. I think they're hearing us coaching, guys. We got to maybe we should move our tables to the back next time. They hear us the
0: yeah. yeah, they're making comments that they can hear the breathing, you know, that they can yeah. hear the fighters breathing. If they can yeah. hear their breathing, they can certainly hear what what they're saying. So and You know, hear. you can hear the other corner clearly also. Yeah. Did so play you
2: play you when you were fighting. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I might've heard a, a little bit of coaching through the commentating. Um, oh, so, and, well, that's hard. That's
1: hard not to, that your wife, I mean, you know,
2: but I, I mean, even, you know, for other, uh, you know, other teammates that, yeah. or people he wants to look out for, you know, it might yeah. be like, oh, yeah. what, uh. You know what desmond wants to do here is desmond would want to you know really step up his left leg and start to build back
1: up Man, I wish I had.
3: and i'm giant and you're like oh okay and is, you so see much. the camera come in on me and i'm like leaning over the table what desmond wants to do here
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's great but that's funny about even then there because you can hear everything yeah. you know i mean even yeah. the punches the breathing it was really interesting you know it's
3: scary to hear some of those punches you could hear in ganu's punches echoing it was yeah
1: yeah 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 well that and that's the next well actually i wanted before that i have a funny story so i'm um, a friend of mine who actually just called me uh, my friend meryl she she had called me and answer her cool then i get a message in my inbox on facebook from uh calvin kate cater is that his last name
2: his dad
1: so his dad messaged me saying like hey we have a mutual friend my son's fighting the ufc this weekend i was like oh what's his name and he's telling me and i'm like oh i'll follow him on instagram i said yeah yeah." he's like yeah meryl told me all about you we were just talking back and forth and it was just so random that i get to see this guy fight and man i was so impressed like that was terrifying Dude, I was like, I was just like, man, and the elbow, like the like, I love it. I wish I could throw elbows in boxing. I mean, <laughs> oh, you can, but you have to do them really well, but not that kind of an elbow. That was gnarly. That was well like
3: time. woo, well timed, awesome. well distanced, well placed. Like, I mean, don't get much better. Maybe maybe Paul Daly when he knocked out um what's his name? Minnesota. I can't think of his name. With a that's the got to be the second best elbow now to Calvin. That's the best elbow knockout I've ever seen. from was a clean shot. It was beautiful.
2: And to take out Jeremy Stevens, Sam whoever, Morgan, who so, everybody knows, Jeremy Stevens is an absolute killer. It's two. Yeah. Jeremy Stevens is terrifying. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's a tall order <sighs> for anybody. So to to see how Calvin stepped up, um, it was it was extremely impressive. And on top of that not for nothing but Jeremy Stevens missed weight by 5 pounds. And wow. we all know as fighters here the you know it, it's it's a factor and to see him <laughs> get the win over somebody who who uh missed weight uh you know that's a that's a feel good victory right there. Agree yeah.
1: Agree or do you agree? What was the thumbs down?
3: Pros make weight. Thumbs One, down. Once again, weight. once again. Oh, once again so, sure, maybe your training partners weren't there. Um, the coach wasn't there. There's a road you can go run on it. You can do your road work. You yeah, got a sauna. You got a treadmill, you got to you gotta fight. He's talking to a girl who
1: fought a girl that
3: outweighed her by 40 pounds. Right. But what is but what was she supposed to weigh in at? He was yeah. supposed to weigh in at 145.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah weighed right.
3: in over 150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was almost the weight class above limit, you know. He, yeah. He was closer to 155 than he was 145. Unacceptable, unexcusable. You can control okay. your weight.
1: Question, what so what is it? So I know in boxing, you're not allowed to fight if you're above eight pounds. What is is there a, a rule in MMA?
3: Some state some state athletic commissions okay. have it, but it's going to be state specific. Other than that, it's going to be a bigger percentage of your purse the more you miss.
1: Okay. Yeah, because we do that too. But I mean, it's it's I mean, you guys cut a lot, way different than Sorry. boxers. You know, you guys cut a lot. And I mean, I don't know. I just I it's it's always been for me watching a, you MMA fighters cut weight and, and like especially like the wrestlers, I'm just like, wow, you know, but it's totally different because you're using different energy systems than boxers. So I know that that makes it that makes a difference too. But um what was the other uh, there was something else I liked about oh, that's so that's the fight that I was watching. and I'm like, okay, not the I mean, I, I know I commented about the defense and the striking with Nico with Nico and mm-hmm. um and, and the other guy, but this the, the defense was not there. They were just all. they were all here. I mean, they were landing, but there was no defense. there was i didn't I didn't see any counters. like I didn't see it like I saw it before. You know, I saw more of that going forward with the striking. Yeah,
0: so
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way, the way those guys, you know, are, are throwing those bombs like that. It's that type of outcome is almost inevitable. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and
3: you
4: yeah. know, yeah. with, with that type of win and then you have the, the issues with the not making weight, it's almost more deserving. Like you feel a lot better. Like, because if you lose to a guy who, who, who didn't make weight, you're like, well, was it because of the weight? You know what I mean? You start to question that stuff and and not really look at the loss itself as you as a fighter, you're like, well, he was, he was bigger, you know what I mean? So when you can go out there and and, and get a win, when a guy has, I'm not going to say an unclear advantage, but when a guy's just bigger, it sucks. It weighs on you. It's, it's terrible, you know? So when you can go out there and and do what you got to do, then it's, it's, it's (laughs) awesome. It's an awesome thing.
1: Yeah. More satisfying win. So now going to the performance of the night, the heavyweights Francis Naganu, and I'm not even going to try this, but I know it's Rosenstruik, or is it Rosenstrick? Oh, Rosenstrick, yeah, dude, that was okay. So that my hour, <laughs>
0: so,
1: <laughs> I'm just going to use my so 20, 20 second brutal KO for those of you that didn't see that, the overhand right landed by Nagano. Okay, mm-hmm. I felt that Rosenstrick throw a left hook and he kind of clipped him. But then it got wild so for me it was just kind of like just it was very wild it was it was a wild i mean again with the mma gloves i i it wasn't for me i understand it was like whoa but i don't know from a striking standpoint again i'm looking at the striking and i'm like but that was just wild that was just the guy coming out like a lunatic throwing a haymaker like and then just following it up but using his whole body into it not taking anything away from him i don't know you know what i mean i just kind of was like Mm.
4: I think that's the the difference in in approach when you look at some of these KO power MMA guys versus uh, a solid heavyweight boxer. You know what I mean? There's 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 more technique involved in punching than people realize. Um, But when you're just heavy handed, all you have to do is touch somebody once. And
1: that's that.
4: he knows, that's, he knows that's what he can do. So it doesn't really matter. As long as he's not getting hit to yeah. get KO'd, if he touches you, you're going to sleep.
1: Because, but you know, that's why, because uh Rosenstrip, he caught him. If you watch the slow motion, too, he caught him with a clip left hook. But it was like nothing, because the guy probably had nothing on. It's like he was, like, going with it. Yeah. And then he came back. So kudos to him for even trying to throw a left hook. It's not like he just took it like he just got, you know, he definitely got overwhelmed. You know, but that overhand right was something fierce. By a
3: big, guy. Yeah, a yeah, really big oh, guy, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Who yeah. was the last guy that Nagano knocked out and he, he split the guy's lip? It was almost in half. It looked no, like that, he was that
2: was that was Rosenstruck. Rosenstruck knocked out Alistair and split his lip.
3: And Ganu was also knocked out Alistair and split, split his lip. Was it both of them? So oh, the, no, I'm gonna
0: corner. get
4: his lips checked. I mean.
0: I got to um, find a picture. We looked at that picture where you know one of the uh, podcasts I showed it to you, and it was like a video
3: game uppercut, and it was brutal. Yeah, Joe Rogan said he he brings you into a gunfight, but he has a bazooka, which is oh, yeah. which is which is a, a very very fair representation because he was his chin was up so high he was counting lights while he was punching. You're not wrong. He was way up here yeah. and begging for a counterpunch, but what are you gonna you're not gonna stand your ground against that guy? You can't. Yeah. That,
1: that makes sense. Like now that you're saying like, yeah, he was, that's why it looked like he was just like, but I mean, like you said, it works, you know, it works yeah. even though we this, got at the left, but it wasn't even, it didn't even phase him. Cause he was already
3: Wilder said, you got to be perfect for 12 rounds. I got to be perfect for one punch. And yeah. that applies very, very clearly to, sense. to Nganu as well. That's and unfortunately he was perfect for three extra punches while the guy was unconscious, um, that the referee couldn't get there fast enough, but, yeah. um, and and those echoing on a guy who's clearly out was kind of hard to look at, really, and hard hard yeah. to listen to, because Biggie Boy was he didn't know what was up. He was gone. He wasn't there. He was removed yeah. from the mortal coil. And two or three more clean left hands landed, and you could hear them echoing off the empty okay, seats.
1: That yeah, like you said before, that was like I was like, dude, if you're gonna hear anything crack? Like hard that fine. was
3: gonna be it. Horrifying. Yeah, no, for sure. And then and that's how he's made his bread and butter, right? Is that is that. Just like I said, if Rosa gets your neck, he can he can lose three rounds but win one second, and you're asleep. And, and, and Ganu can lose every minute of every round and then win one exchange, and you're and you're asking what the hell happened in the locker room afterwards, so you don't know. Well, that's the same thing with 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 Deontay. You know right, what I mean? Right. Deontay losing the fight, that overhand right. That's
1: it. You know, I mean, except for except for you know when Fury gets back up from the dead. I mean, <laughs> that for, that,
3: yeah. way, that was. Deontay I don't Wilder at, knocked me out with a right hand that he landed. On Tyson theory, they still knocked me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: god! So, all right. So now we're going to the weights one thirty-five. So, okay. So, explain this to me now. I don't know if my facts are wrong. So, Henry Cejudo's won the one twenty-five and one thirty-five, correct? correct? Yes. So, this was for the one thirty-five against Dominic Cruz. He correct. was defending his one thirty-five. One thirty-five. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, people, I heard they were saying it was an early stoppage. Um. I I love Henry Cejudo's hands. I I think he's got great striking. I really, and I know that see, to me, that's a, he's a well rounded fighter because he's a wrestler, correct? But yet, yeah. he's, but yet his striking is very impressive, you know, and um, attacking Cruz's legs early on. And, you know, the game plan I felt was, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was a big yeah. difference. And I that learned a lot
3: new. about, huh? That was new for him. Those leg kicks really? like that with, with that kind <laughs> of <slow> <laughs> <and> <laughs> that dedication was new. He's not, he's not come out and attack. But Dominic Cruz has made his, his living and bought houses off footwork. So brilliant idea chopping the legs away because Cruz uses this very unique footwork to hide his punches and hide his takedowns. Hudo mm-hmm. proved very early that I'm going to out-scramble you. You're not going to put me on my back. So then chopping the legs away, he wasn't worried about Cruz's takedown entry, which led to the finish um, for sure. Um, that's yeah. something that Dominic uses all the time, that dip to hide the right hand and then the exit on the angle, kind of like Ali used to dip and then slide out on the angle behind the guy. And uh, he dipped into a knee. That could kind of a better time. If it was on a movie yeah. shooting of the fourth take.
1: Yeah, and it was a perfect. Uh, the game plan was perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah whole, and I think I, mean, I was looking so
4: into that. I mean, we gotta yeah. imagine a, uh, as as a well-rounded person. I mean, he he is a very you know developing well-rounded striker, and he's he's shown each fight that he can add something new. And mm-hmm. I think you gotta look at you know Cruz's you know, injuries, you got to, uh, you got to, you know, he's got knee issues. You got to imagine that if I can just keep digging at those knees, he's going to slow down again. I got to imagine as a coach. Or was the the four five like, already? Be, yeah. What? You know, that, that's got to be somewhere in the back of your mind. Like I'm just going to keep beating this leg up one. He's not going to move with his footwork, but two, his knees can't handle that.
3: Wow. Not like that. He was throwing some
4: smoke. Over yeah. that. I've, I've never
3: seen Henry throw leg kicks like that.
2: And, and Joe personally. Rogan commented, which I think is, I mean, it was like he was kicking through to the other leg that even if, even a few times that Dominic did lift up his leg to get out of the way, the got hit. His, his kick was going so hard. It was going through to the other leg. He wasn't just tapping that leg. He was trying to take it out and he would catch the other one. If, if Cruz even moved his foot out of the way to defend. Yeah. So definitely that was a huge key to victory
0: for sure.
1: But now to, and then
0: he retired.
1: Yeah, to announce retirement after that. And I, I respect. I mean, listen, I have utmost respect for fighters, and I respect what he said. But I liked at the end when he said, you know, it depends on the money. You know what I mean? Like, could they, could they offer you something? You know, and he's like, well, the, and Dana knows the dollar. So right. obviously, there's something going on there.
3: He had said that before already. That if they didn't, uh, if they weren't willing to renegotiate his contract, then he was going to, he was going to hang it up and go try out for the Olympic team again because they're pushing the Olympics back to 2021. So okay. if, if he didn't get, if he didn't get the renegotiation that he wanted, he's looking to go to the Olympics, which I don't, I don't know. I mean, but you can't, you can't follow the guy. Des, correct me on this if, 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 I, if I'm wrong, but um, the year before he won the Olympics, he didn't even qualify for the world championships, right? He or, or did he lose that first round
4: at the world cup? I believe so. I would have to look, I would have to look into it myself um, again. I mean, he, he definitely had way more, um, accolades on the, you know, the international scene as a senior level athlete than he did uh, high school and college level. So, you know, when he made that run, it was, it was something great. And uh, again, you know, this, this could be tactics. I mean, he could really want to get that itch back to compete on the mat, but I think he's sending a, a, a message. And if he stays, if he stays gone, he stays gone. He did say he's happy with, you know, where he has, where's he's, where he's at, you know, he's, he's got an Olympic gold medal. He's got you know, two weight class, you know, UFC um, championships. Defended and, both of them. Yes, and he defended both of them. So, really, after you do that, it does come down to money. So, you know, maybe this is just a holdout and he doesn't want to be the guy to hold up either division. So, let him come out. They're going to vacate those titles, let someone else fight for him, and then maybe. That. Him coming back.
1: Cool. You know, that was. Yeah. I mean, and then come back and do something. It might make it more exciting, too. And, yeah. and you'll get paid with E. Yeah. I, um,
0: I hope he does come back. I'm one of the, you know, I don't like his cringiness at, uh, mm-hmm. any more than anyone, but I'm not mm-hmm. a hater. I like his fighting, and that's that's really all that counts. If I he like wants him. to go around and say, you know, I'm Triple C, I'm the best combat athlete ever, and, you know, let him do it. I don't care. Uh, I hope he comes back really
1: I don't get, I don't get like i um, like I don't care like I, to me it's like like I said like before about the athlete itself and to see the progression and to see him I mean he's just such a solid well well-rounded athlete and to see every fight do something new that is exciting it just it shows it, it's it's just commendable
3: you know and it's exciting to see like what's he going to bring next
4: Yeah, yes. well,
0: it's right. like he's still on his way up he's still improving
3: yeah. You know? Yeah. He gets better. Yeah, he gets better at everything he's good at, and he adds one new tool that you don't know that you have to prepare for. Yeah. We've always got one more thing, and then if push comes to shove, you're not going to put me on my back. Yeah. You know, the, you,
0: know had, right.
1: you know, I had conversations. I had I spoke to Jimmy Smith about this, and I spoke to um you know other other people in in uh, MMA um about you know what would you say would be the best the best to have, and you know everybody would say wrestling. You know, to have wrestling as your foundation, you know, it always it, it's 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 a better place to start, and then to build around that. That's what they you know they had said to me. They thought, mm-hmm. you know, because um, you know, I guess it's more intricate or jujitsu, you know, uh, from that from that angle. I don't know. how you guys? What do you guys feel about that?
3: Let's let's throw that one to Des first. He's the accomplished wrestler here. I'm, I'm, your,
4: I'm your i, can, I can, I'm sure I could be biased for this, but uh, you know, it's it's all I've known. You know, I I have uh. Don't be uh some boxing experience. So, I mean, I've always liked boxing. So I feel like the, the two of those are great to have together. But I mean, when you're looking at it from a statistical point, it, it has shown that, you know, with the wrestling foundation, you can build into something more complete than maybe with a, a different foundation. I think when you get a wrestler that is going to not try and change who he is, but add tools, then you're, you're a very complete fighter. When you get a wrestler that wants to become a knockout artist, I think you go down the wrong path. When you get a wrestler that abandons it just to become like a, a, a guard play jujitsu guy, you go down the wrong path. But if you just add to your wrestling all of those things and, and become very versatile, I think, then you're seeing those complete animals in the cage.
3: The old adage is is that with wrestling, you get to decide where we're fighting. If you're the superior wrestler, you decide if we're boxing on our feet or if we're, wrest- or if we're grappling on the ground because yeah. you're the superior wrestler. That was the old adage. But there's also something to be said. You know, I'm not as accomplished as Des, but I do also come from wrestling first and foremost. Um, there's something to be said about those red flag day practices where you're in there and you're going live, and it's an hour straight, and you don't have the option to quit. And if you have to puke, then you just you 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 puke while you're getting taken down.
1: Oh, wait, stop. What does that mean?
3: <laughs> what do you mean you're going live? What do you mean you're puke? You're wrestling for you like 50 minutes. I we wow. walk into the gym like th- sparring. Yeah, like, walk- spa-
2: like sparring live live and wrestling is like just doing boxing rounds, sparring after sparring after sparring. That's mm-hmm. the, just non-stop live rounds. And
3: okay. I, when I was training with Matt Hughes, he would always say nobody gets hurt going 95%. You get hurt going 50%. And today we're going live and there's, he would hang a red flag on the wall and say, you guys know what this means, right? It means you don't go out in the water. The water's choppy. If you're here for a leisurely slim, get out of the gym. We're going live today, 60 minutes, nonstop. The only break you get is to change partners. That's it. You're not getting water. You're not, it's not a minute. It's a get the guy next to you. Ready? Put your back on the wall. You grab a lock double go. And we start a 60 minute timer and you're and you're, and you're crying, but you but you can't stop. And that, can't. that's how the wrestlers push through because all they got to do is just score. You can always just score one more time. And as long as you have that in, in, from wrestling, then you can score one more time. You can do what you have to do. If you're getting your ass beat, you can take the guy down. You can score one more time and figure it out.
1: Wow. I, I never knew, like, that's why I know some of our, our viewers are boxing fans. You know, some of them are trying to, I think a lot of what I would, what I really I was excited about the show because anybody, everybody watched the UFC. I know they did even boxing fans because they were just like, dude, like we need to watch, you know, uh, live combat sport, you know, and being that this was it, that's a big reason I want to do the show to understand, to learn a little bit more and, and to become a fan too of, of, of MMA um, mm-hmm. because of understanding these, these, these variables, you know, that you guys are talking about. But that's interesting because I didn't know. I never knew like that. They, that and that's part of the training, you know, that that you guys do in wrestling.
4: So that, a lot of that is just a a you know those red flag practices. Those are those mental moments where people are going to say, "Oh, that's why I'll I'll choose the wrestling foundation." Not I mean, obviously, from the skill set itself. But those are mental practices where again you don't have the option to quit so if you quit on yourself you quit on your team you quit on your team you're off the team you know what i mean that type of thing so you just have to keep digging deep digging deep because you can't quit on your team and you can't quit on yourself especially if you're a valuable part in the lineup you know what i mean as far as the wrestling team goes but those are mental battles and it's one of the things that brings wrestling teams so close together because oh. the season's so long, you, you got to grind together. It's not, I'll fight, now I'm off. It's it's just, you know, sometimes for some people, it's nonstop. It's year-round because I'll go right in my international style. So it's a mental battle in that aspect that... I can't quit on myself, I can't quit on my team. So when we do those type of situations, those type of practices, it's not really even about getting the workout. It's not about doing things right. It's about really trying to break the person across from you and then hoping that they don't break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yep. that's gonna make him a better teammate, which is gonna make you a better teammate.
3: Mm-hmm. Now that's great. No, I love the yeah. philosophy and I love that. If that. I lose, it's because I failed. But if I won, it's because my team and my coach prepared me to, for anything. Right. And that was the lesson that you learned that makes you a man when you're a kid in wrestling. If I lose, it's because I made a mistake. If I win, it's because we all prepared properly. And it's Definitely. like you're saying, you just can't quit. And in jujitsu, you can go in eight minutes in the guard, the guard, there's no guard in wrestling. It's score, yeah. score, 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 score. Jiu jitsu yeah. is a, there's, it's perfectly okay and naturally encouraged to slow it down, to take time, to catch your breath, to control, control, control. Wrestling is score, score, score. Be more aggressive. Yeah. If yeah. you take him down, you have to tilt him. Once you expose him, you have to stick him. If he gets away, you got to put him back down again. If you're on the bottom, you have to reverse. You can't hang out there. You
1: have so, to so am I correct in saying this? You see more explosiveness in wrestling than you do in jiu-jitsu. There's more explosivity of, of, of the turning around or the use of the hip. depends on who's
3: doing the jujitsu. jitsu oh, Okay. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. It's, more, it's, like a, it's
2: more of the mindset. You know, I, I think the difference is more of the mindset. Um, you know, like, like he was just saying, uh, jujitsu, you can kind of sit back and relax mentally because you You can set your traps. You might know, okay, he's going to do this. So I'm just going to wait. I'm going to relax. And going back to to Rosa, like we said, you know, he, he can rely from years of maybe tapping guys out in the gym or in his previous fights that if I'm in this bad position, all I have to do is just wait. I'm going to wait it out because I know I'm going to catch this arm bar and it's like that you know that sense of confidence that you have from the experience that you had where where these guys came from is a little op uh, you know opposite where like they're saying you you have to create the pressure you have to always be winning and scoring the points you don't score points if you're just on your back relaxing right yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. opposite of how you. that's how you get pinned that's how you lose so that's why i think a lot of people have that opinion and i agree i'm not a wrestler um i come from karate Um, But I would also say that wrestling is, you know, probably the most important base to have as a pro MMA fighter. I wish I had learned wrestling earlier. I went from karate to jujitsu and then wrestling. So, you know, I'm always constantly playing catch up on my wrestling. And that's the hardest part for me. And, um, you know, I can't compare to what these guys have gone through hours and hours and hours of the gym wrestling like that. No amount of whatever I try to sprinkle in throughout the week is going to equate to somebody who has those years of experience. Yeah, Um, on the female side, there really aren't that many females that you know have also had years of experience wrestling, uh, besides like a Carla Esparza or Tatiana Suarez or or some of these girls. Uh, It's more of a rarity, I I think, but I think that's why people say that that's you know the best base to have because of all these points they just made that really make you a fighter who knows how to win when the cards are down and when you're losing the round. Mm -hmm. They know I can score that point. Where a jiu jitsu fighter or a karate guy might think, okay, well, I'm just gonna hang out and wait and maybe throw up this hail mary. Maybe I get it. Maybe I don't. Wrestlers are more of that. I'm gonna create. I'm gonna get it. I don't have it, but I'm gonna get it.
4: There's not as much. There's there's no. Go ahead, Dad. Go ahead, Des. There's there's no conceding, you know. And obviously, they're offensive uh, jiu jitsu um, practitioners, they're guys that are just go, go and get there. you know, those smashing pass guys. Those are guys that are very offensive in their jujitsu mm-hmm. game, but there's, there's no conceding any positions in wrestling. You go to your back, you lose, which is basically like you getting submitted, which is basically like you quitting. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? There there's, there's always a, a fight because you don't want to give up the points. So you're just constantly in search of your next point, which is me as a coach is, what I'm always telling my wrestlers like, if you're always looking to score points from every situation, you're gonna put yourself in, you're gonna give yourself an opportunity to win that match. And if you take that into an MMA fight uh, with a wrestling mindset, if I'm looking to score points in every situation, now we're talking total MMA, if I'm looking to enter with my hands, uh, you know, to set up with my punches and then level change and get to the the shot. If that's something I want to do. If I'm looking to, you know, set up my hands and then get to the kicks. And that's something I want to do. If I'm constantly looking to score points, I give myself an opportunity to win where if I concede any of those situations where some guys may give up the takedown to advance in their jujitsu game, where. A wrestler might not, he's so stingy in his mind where you're not going to take me down. I'm going to sprawl, spin behind, take your back, then end the fight. There's just, there's there's no conceding any positions. It's, no. You can't beat me.
1: I got to say, I can relate to that with boxing because I feel like that when I'm fighting, you know, when I come forward, if I put myself on the ropes is because I'm luring you into something. I'm not going to mm-hmm. put myself on the ropes to take a break because if I put myself on the ropes, to take a break, I'm in trouble, you know, and I'm showing you that I'm in trouble. I'm basically quitting or if I a clinch, I've never clinched in boxing. I've never clinched my opponent because I was tired. That's another that's another quitting thing too because if you're clinching like oh it's a technique if you it's not because if that fighter like i knew when i won my nabf title fight i pulled my arm down and i hit her right in the solar plex because i knew that she clinched when she was tired you and ran. i yeah. for that so it's always but i like what you said i'm really now I'm, I'm really fascinated with wrestling and i'll have to like pick your brains more you know at a later time about this but i'd like to learn some of that just for myself because i i feel like i fight that way in boxing where I'm always looking to score. I'm always looking for the, you know, and I'm always kind of like yeah. luring the person in or setting up the trap. But my point, my, I'm setting up the trap to score and to dominate and yeah. to always be the aggressor. Even when I'm boxing you, I'm boxing you, but I'm still making you fight my fight. I'm luring you into it. You know, and, so I, I, I get that.
3: And then also with the scoring, I was going to touch on earlier in wrestling, they will give your opponent a point if you're stalling. Oh, so, oh, wow. so if you're being passive and you ignore a warning and you don't work, they may give your opponent a point and then also if you're scoring points you're dictating the match if you Mm -hmm. sit back and see what he's going to do you're letting him implement his game plan and it's only two minute rounds in high school right per per period so you don't have time to let him figure it out you have to attack 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 and touching on the team uh aspect that had mentioned earlier your your team is rewarded on team points based on how you win if you get a pin you get six. If you if you run up a 15-point lead, you get five. If you if you win by eight or more, you, your team gets four points. And if you only if you win by seven or less, your team only gets three points. So your team as an overall team gets a championship based on how many points you score in your individual match. That's and so the harder the harder you work in your match, the team. Mm-hmm. The, the, te- the team wins a big trophy based on how hard you you get a medal, your team gets a big trophy based on how hard you work when you're out there. So
1: that's, I mean, that's, yeah that, that's, that's good pressure though. You know? you're always
3: incentivize the score at all times.
1: Yeah. That's great. No, I love
0: that. I, would, you, would you think that it's fair to say that like on a collegiate level, wrestling is the most physically demanding sport that there is, and that the training, you know, you're in better shape than, like, let's say, the the, the football player or the basketball player. player. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the most physically demanding. And when you start, you can start wrestling in, in middle school, in some places, elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kids, you know, when they're in middle school or high school, they, they know how to cut weight. And they have to. They have yeah. to make weight. Yeah. So they're already used to a lot of aspects of fighting before they, you know, yeah. or start their amateur MMA careers. Um, and definitely, they're professionals, which I can't, you know, start at least in Florida until they're eighteen, right? right? Yeah. So I would think just because of the training and the shape that it gets you in is yeah, is it makes it the best mental? space.
1: The mental, the mental part of it, I, I can tell obviously from that. It's the fortitude and and the you know you can't you if you find your fighter because if you're not a fighter, you're not gonna last, and that's more yeah. you know with wrestling. Um, yeah,
4: and that's why there's so many you know wrestlers that will comment on the idea to not do MMA, not that they can't, you know what I mean? But they've put so much just grueling hard work and, and mental sacrifice into it for some of them, you know, four or five years in college, four years in high school, and then some of them yeah. start in kindergarten, you know what I mean? So five, six years old, and they've been doing it up to then. And then some of them just have that dream to go on and continue their, their Olympic, you know, quest, you know, but, and it's not because they can't, because I think you could take a lot of wrestlers, put them in an MMA environment and coach them to be fantastic. It's just mentally they're drained and physically they're like, I put my body through so much.
1: Mm -hmm. Mike Brown's a wrestler, right? Is that Mm -hmm. his background too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well going on, speaking of wrestling, We'll talk about uh, the main event, which I was excited about. You know, obviously for a number of reasons. I know Tony when Tony won the Ultimate Fighter, I was training with him out in California. I got to really know him and and really um, and and he's that that person that you see the way he fights, the way he moves, the way he's so agile and the way he has fun in there. That that's Tony. Um, I watched Tony transform into El Kukui because mm-hmm. he wasn't always El Kukui, but to see that um, that that, you know, the way that he just grew into that and the persona and and everything that led to him. Um, he worked very hard to get there. And I have a huge amount of respect for him. So this was an exciting fight for me to watch. Um, I thought that he looked like himself in the first round and a half. And then I started seeing him slow down the mid second round, you know, and I know that that um, Dana felt, you know, the weight cut, you know, I know he mentioned that. And I know that some of you may not know, uh, the listeners that, you know, Tony, he had a fight and he made the weight. He didn't have to make the weight, but he decided right. to follow through with making the weight. So he went to the 155. He does carry a lot of weight when he normally walks around. And then he's been out with numerous injuries. And then the the the, um, the Khabib fight being moved over and over again. And then him having other issues that he had had before, you know, outside of the cage. Um, that taking a, a a big you know risk by making the weight. Last month, I was trying to figure that out. Like, why? Why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, what? And, and I, I was talking to Melissa, my diet coach, about that. And I'm like, what? You advise him to do that. And I mean, I said something. I said, even if he was going to do it just for show, dude, lie. Just put yourself on the scale. Like, if it's that big of a deal,
3: put your thumb on the table. Yeah,
1: dude. Like, just scale. That. Don't do. I mean, it's like, I just think that, like, like that's. You know, when you don't even have the fight, they, it, it, I just didn't. It really bothered me that he did that, you know, um, even before this fight, you yeah. know. And I was like, okay, because, you know, we've made weight, so we know what it takes. And yeah. you you guys, obviously, cutting a bit more. I mean, I don't cut as much, but shoot, I wouldn't do it even if I'm only really cutting eight pounds. I ain't going to do it because I don't need yeah. to, you know. So yeah. understanding that logic, I, I, I tried to contact uh, Rashad Holloway because Rashad's a very good friend of mine, and that's his striking coach. Tony used to train at knuckleheads. And then he moved to Orange County with his wife after they got married and they started training out there. But um, I was really curious. I'm still going to try to to get in touch with them because I want to understand that, you know, why why that was done.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, to to prove a point, I guess, just to show that he could do it, that, you know, I I don't know. I mean, again, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't I don't cut weight unless the, you know. Uh, Sign on the dotted line, you know, and and the fight's official. But um, yeah, I guess he just really wanted to prove a fight, uh, prove a point. And obviously, the Khabib thing was postponed so many times. um, You know, he wanted to show he was ready for it either way. I guess, but it was probably a detriment, if I had to guess.
3: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. the boy does not like cutting. Does not like cutting weight. Twice in
2: three weeks. I mean, it does not not like it.
3: Um, it was a mental warfare thing, 100%. I think that maybe he questioned the validity of, uh, of Khabib not being able to make the trip. Uh, I don't I don't have any reason to believe that Khabib wouldn't be wherever they're going to pay him to be to fight, um, me personally. But I think that maybe he was saying, you could have been here if you wanted to, so I'm still going to make the wait. This was the fifth time. I've had tickets twice that said, uh know, Megan Madoff, Ferguson, Ferguson, and both of them worthless. So, you know, so I – I told her it's not going to happen when they announced it the fifth time. I knew it wasn't going to happen. Um, some things are just cursed. We just don't get certain things, you know? And I feel like this is one of them. I I mean, the guy's a maniac, you know, that, uh, he trains, he trains hard. I think it was mental
0: well,
1: he So
3: much energy. And it's funny cause I don't know if Matt posted the picture of him and I,
1: at, when I won the WBC title, he was at the party and he just super chilled. But when he trained, it was like, forget it. I remember watching him punch the bag and I was like, dude, like, I I, like his hands, him and Chris Beal. I don't know if you knew Chris Beal. Chris Beal was on the Ultimate Fighter, too. Um, He was from California with Ronda Mm -hmm. Rousey's team. And him and Chris were training. And I was like, dude, you guys have decent hands for MMA fighters. I was like, I was kind of impressed. But Tony specifically, and it came out, and I want to highlight Justin Gaethje, too, because huge amount of respect for him as well. I mean, phenomenal fighter. But Tony's uppercut is my favorite punch thrown like I'm telling you from back then That's from true. 2011 he throws that right uppercut so beautifully from an angle that you can't you can't get away from that yeah. you know and it's a defensive punch so Tony's very good at countering you know and he's always been really good at that and i watched him when he worked with Haas Joseph Janik my old coach Um, that that right uppercut and when he caught Gaethje with that because Gaethje was throwing one too but mm-hmm. he's just so, and he's so long and lanky, but he knows how to use that hip and get that power into that uppercut. Look at me all <laughs> trying to do, it was just so beautiful. And I was like, man, you know, but then the elbows and the tricks and the, you know, the dance moves, they're like that. He's just so exciting to watch. But going back to what Dana said about, you know, gate's punches, like, dude, that guy's like, he's like, he hits like a Mack truck. And, and yeah. Tony's taking all this. You know, but I felt like
3: Tony was a man in, like, the first round. Yeah. I, Gaethje definitely – Gaethje is and always has been. I've been a big fan and admirer of his for a long time. I mean, his losses are to – recent losses are to Poye and Alvarez, who are both champions, who are both, you know, legendary battle-hardened warriors, both of them. Um, but he has always been a – nine to five punch the time clock bring the lunch pail blue collar kind of this ain't gonna be fun for either one of us kind of fire yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and that's just what he does he it's no one no one goes oh is he throwing leg kicks you know like he he chews your legs up he beats you up block his punches and he beats your forearms up yeah He, he works the body he's constantly just just Always moving
1: forward, just he never takes it. a step back. Yes, nonstop. Yeah. His, his his cardio, his endurance. He was and I think that was a little that was overwhelming for Tony as well. Because then when Tony Tony's the
3: one putting pressure normally, Tony is not good at backing yeah. up and, and
1: then adding in the weight cut because you know damn well, you know what I mean? A, a, a weight cut like that, and then doing it again, the, the what that puts on the strain on the body and, and just you know, I mean, you feel that in the fight when you don't make weight correctly, you're going to feel it in the fight, you know. And and I think that that was that that definitely led to that. And then you just saw Tony kind of I don't necessarily feel like when Dana said Tony was slow. I don't feel like he was slow in the first round and the second of the half of the second. I think he slowed down as Gaethje kept pressuring and coming there and answering. Even if he wasn't landing, he was answering. You know what I'm saying? I think that was starting to to wear a little bit too on the game plan of, of Tony.
4: Yeah, I think that's mentally and physically draining when you know you're you're you have to now play play defense when you're a great counter striker, but a, a great pressure striker as well. And now you're 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 hitting somebody and and he's walking you down and just doesn't care. And now he's connecting too. So now you're just like. Freak and on top of the weight up, Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're getting hit. You're 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 trying to hit him, but he's hitting you, but you're like, man, maybe I didn't make the weight the right way, or whatever it may be. You know, there's a lot going on there where the, the fatigue starts to sell And There's there's some adrenaline dump going on, you know, it's a lot. Oh
0: yeah. And those leg cakes are brutal. His leg cakes are brutal.
4: Yeah, so bad. Yeah. So bad. And I think
2: I I had heard an interview from Gaethje when the fight was first booked um where they asked him like have you been training like you know because this, this obviously wasn't a you know Tony's been training for Khabib for a long time and uh oh, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Gainty this was more kind of a short notice fight obviously and uh I think somebody asked him like well, what's going on have you been training are you in fight shape for five rounds and I think he kind of hesitated and paused and you know thought about it and said I got 18 minutes I got 18 minutes. And so I guess he had said that before, you know, when the fight was first. Hit. Well, I'm guessing that maybe this took uh, Tony by surprise, how good his cardio was, how he kept picking up the pace. Tony's the one that's been in camp this whole time, not Justin in So that might've been a little bit of a mental, what the hell I'm supposed to be in better shape than this guy. Um, so I, I think that might've been part of it. Um, and yeah, there was just so many times towards that second half of the fight where uh, Justin was just throwing three or four
1: shots unanswered by Tony. Yeah, that's what I started seeing. Yeah, that's where I started getting a little bit more concerned. You know, when I was like, all right, what's going on? Like, yeah, know, this, is not, this is not good. You yeah. know three or four
2: shots, Tony would swing back one that wouldn't hit him. And then, you know, Justin will go right back in again. So, But
1: just Tony's, Tony's technique and knowing him as the kind of striker that he is and having him watch him develop and then even seeing him from the first, I watched him just start breaking down. You know, and his technique and his form and everything started to go. And I believe it was, you know, I believe, I believe the weight cut took a cold, but I also think it was Gaethje's punches that were landing and the pressure and the, I'm still in it. You know, you're not going to pull me down. I'm going to come out of here. And so, and I know Matt mentioned that he had, um, uh, they, they said that he fractured his orbital or that is, his eye socket.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know, he, and and the thing about Tony, and I know uh, Matt sent me a video, and he's like, you know, your friend's okay, and I'm like, dancing Edith, in the hospital. But dude, dancing Edith, in the
0: hospital, yeah.
1: He wasn't okay. Tony will make you think he's okay. Right. That's, he's always been like that. Yeah. Like no matter, his injuries when he broke his elbow, and you never. I mean, we were all together. Like when we were, you know, we we're all training with him. We all had the team there, and we all knew, you know. But it's like he'll never let you know he's not okay. That's the the kind. He's a warrior like that. You know, and he's always been like that. But um, that was that was a rough it was a rough loss to see for him. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, what do you guys think is next? Because I know Gucci threw down the interim belt and was like, "I want the real one," and Savage, you know, and, and he wants Khabib, and you know, I mean, and rightfully so. But what what, is what goes on from here?
0: Well, yeah, I think, that, I mean, I think Justin, you know, first of all, Justin was uh, he paced himself in a way that I haven't seen him ever pace right. himself in a fight. And I'm glad that he did it. And he said something about it afterwards also. And I think he added a couple of years to his career because I don't yeah. know how long he could have gone. And yeah. I've been watching yeah. him since the World Series of Fighting down here in like 2014 mm-hmm. or whatever. He always fought that same way. Yeah. Just come forward, come forward. He, he didn't care how many shots he ate, and uh, you know. But he always, he was always a great striker, and he has a wrestling background too. But he he doesn't yeah. use it.
4: You now no. no, people always comment trying. about about his style of fighting and and whether or not it's the the smartest thing to continue to fight that way. Um, so whether he changed it up a little bit and, and whether that was um, due to limited preparation or whether his camp is finally starting to see it or him himself as a fighter is like, I've got to make these changes. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's good to see now on, on top of the, you know, interim title comment, you know what I mean? Obviously you'll feel that way because it's, it's not the, you didn't beat the guy who has it, but at the same time, he's gonna take that belt home and he's gonna hang it up. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, you're, they're gonna wait. And they're gonna wait and, and try and get that that you know that fight scheduled. He wants the real thing, and and he'll look at that belt and and know that uh, he's got to put the the training in to get what he really wants, which is that the um, you know unification, unify that, and really be called the, the the champ of the division.
1: So what what how does that fight go down? How does Khabib, Khabib What does that look like?
2: I think it's a I think it's a big question mark because I don't know. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, have we really seen uh, Justin Gaethje's wrestling um, a whole lot in his fights? You know, because of the way he fights, we don't get to see that side of him. Obviously, Never. we don't have Khabib fight, but we also have seen Khabib throw his wrestling out the window. And just, you know, just want to be a striker, just want to brawl. So is it going to go in that direction and we're just going to see the two of them stand toe to toe? Or are we going to see Khabib get the takedown? Are we going to see Justin Gaethje's wrestling defense or offensively? Because I
1: think
2: think that's a big question, Mark, is who's going to dictate where it goes? And, you know, what happens when somebody puts the pedal in one direction or the other?
1: Well, it was interesting because somebody said to uh, uh, one of the the, uh, journalists asked Dana about, so he goes, so is the Tony Ferguson-Khabib fight dead? And he's like, well, yeah, like he lost. but, But that's interesting because I think so many people wanted to see that fight. You know what I mean? Like, even if there's no title on the line, it's not the next yeah. person that's in line that's we'll still a fight right. people want to see. And I think people may, yeah, but right you,
2: can't, you can't hold up the division, you know. Exactly. And, I mean, I would want to see it no matter what because, and I mean, that's what Gaichi said after he won is that he said, Listen, I don't, I don't, I'm not here for the politics. He said, I'm, I, I wanted to earn my shot and I earned so, it, yeah, and that, yeah. you know, that's it. You can't take that away from him, yeah, obviously, do
1: is to have him fight to be, yeah. 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 Yeah, well That's he's got a
0: great you know. uh work ethic. I was listening to him. His uh his father was a, a copper miner. Wow you know, and uh he just instilled and he worked in the copper mines and then he said, Oh, you know, I'm I'm gonna give this up. I wanna go wrestle and go to college or whatever. And then all everyone else said, Okay, you're gonna be back in the copper mines and he's like, No, I'm not, you know. And then he started wow. on on his career. So um He's, he's just a hard worker, and it shows. and yeah. He's he's yeah, very, fun. very talented. But I to see him fight Khabib, I I still want to see Ferguson fight Khabib. Because, Me too. And I think Dana should just invent another belt for it. Like the BMF-2 belt or something like that, you know?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Just the like Khabib be Ferguson fun. belt, that's all. Yeah,
1: that's so yeah. no, I
0: all. Mean, yeah.
1: Everybody's been winning your entire life for.
4: Yeah. Gaethje is, you know, whether or not he, he shows it in his fights, there's, there's no doubt in my mind that he hasn't stopped training wrestling. It's there. You don't lose that. You don't, you, you always put that in your, in your training, you know, uh, environment, because that's what makes you mentally that tough. So um, when, when we're talking about what, you know, what that fight could look like, it, I think, you know, depends on where be wants to take it, not to say you want someone to dictate a fight, but yeah. you know, if, if he comes out to wrestle right away, it could be more interesting than if he comes out to strike wait, and then wrestle, because yeah. if he comes out to strike first, you know, it, it could be interesting if Gaethje fades and then he starts to pour that wrestling pressure on, if mm-hmm. he comes out to wrestle first, I think you can, you can prepare for that. And, and you know what I mean, give him some sprawl, sprawls on him, give him heavy hips, play around in the front headlock and wear Khabib down where we haven't seen him worn down, but we've seen him throw hands and not be effective as far as power. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he doesn't want to get into a, a firefight with Justin Gaethje, no. but he wants to be really clean on his in and out. And then, you know, when he feels the right timing is there to take his shot. Um, because you know, but if you if you sit there and play with fire, at at, at some point, Gaethje going to put your lights out.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
4: that'll yeah, be absolutely.
1: I, I'm looking forward to that fight too, um, to see that. But I want to I want to wrap it up because I want to let you guys go. Is there anything else you want to say about that fight? I would like
3: to point out one thing. Yeah. Tony Ferguson never lost a fight during Henry Cejudo's entire MMA career. <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> His last yeah, that's he absolutely true. true. His he last was- loss was a year before Henry Cejudo started fighting, and his wow. followed Henry's retirement immediately. I know. They you- said, didn't you post the picture of me, and you said the last time, like he hasn't lost a
1: fight since he took a picture with me or yeah. something like
0: that? Yeah, it's been, what, like nine years since he, he yeah. lost the fight? That was yeah. My, yeah, that was 2000, yeah, that
1: was 2011. That was 2011. Yeah, yeah 2011. and your
0: picture was in
3: <laughs>
0: Maybe insane. I was off by a year or so, but, it you know.
3: yeah. And another. I didn't interesting put the stat. year
0: that picture was taken. It just looked uh, nine, ten years old.
3: <laughs> another interesting um, stat: uh, Boston Strong, Charles yeah. Rosa is three and four in the UFC. He's fought in the TD Garden in Boston three times, and those are his three wins. So he's undefeated in Boston, and he's without a win anywhere else. Wow! Another, another interesting stat.
1: Yeah, it it wow. is because those I, I believe that sometimes some fighters that that affects them sometimes you know, hometown or fighting where they're fighting. Well, you know? Good
3: guys in Boston too. I mean, yeah, I mean
1: yeah. so it's, not, it's not capable what's going yeah. on. And you know what, that's where, I mean, I don't want to get this into the topic of the day, but I work with a sports psychologist, you know, and I, and I've done hypnotherapy and things like that um, with my injuries and stuff like that. And I think that, you know, that's something to, I think that every athlete should kind of like, if it's available to them, they should consider speaking to a sports psychologist or a sports psychology coach, because it's very interesting. When you look at the statistics of a fighter, and something like that to wonder if they even know that that's what's affecting them. And if they can get past that, that can completely change their game. So I think that's something, um, I mean, I, I like to get deeper into like psychology of fighters, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to things like that, patterns. Why are these patterns still happening? You know, it can't be just coincidence. Maybe there's something dip deeper. And it, it's only for the right of the athlete to kind of figure that out because it could be a mental thing. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, I'm going to let you guys go. But, I mean, there's, we got, I mean, I would love to do this again because this was awesome. And I mm-hmm. love and the feedback because I feel like okay, it's making sense to me. The way that you guys explain it, and I I hope that the viewers also um are getting that too. Um, but I we have the um the upcoming fights are yeah. so May uh-huh. 13th at the Jacksonville Arena again. We got Anthony Smith and Glover Teshera, and then the main event, and then uh May sixteenth, Alistair Overeem and Walt Harris. Um, which one of those two cards are you looking forward to the most?
3: I, I don't know the cards apart. Well, um, okay. it it feels like the four canceled fights have all just been like, what are the best fights from these four cancel shows? Let's dump them all into a couple shows yeah. and just kind of compact everything together. I, I don't I don't know the cards top to bottom, but
2: speaking speaking from just some of our American top team guys, um I know we have Tiago Moises fighting uh Michael Johnson tomorrow. That's a good one. Okay. And, and then and um
1: is Christoph fighting tomorrow or is he fighting? S- Joko, Sat- Christoph
2: is fighting Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eric yeah. Anders. He's fighting Eric Anders. Um, there's another one of our guys. Oh, Philippe Philippe Lins is no. fighting um, uh, Arlovsky tomorrow. Okay, Arlovsky yeah. versus Philippe Lins. Uh, both American top team guys fighting each other. That's on tomorrow night. Oh, tomorrow. Wow. Um, Edson Barbosa is fighting Saturday. Dan Eag, I think. Is that his last yes. name? Eag? Yeah, Dan Eag. Um, Edson Barbosa is one of our guys. Um so, and, and obviously, well, you know, he's a dear friend to a lot of us. Um, so, you know, rooting for yeah, him as well. Um, so, yeah, so it's, I'm excited for both the cards. I, I, there's a lot of good
1: fights on both of them I'm looking forward to. I'm just happy that it's back. But one thing I didn't touch on, I'll say this real quick, about um, Jakari when uh, testing positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, that was very interesting. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, when he, uh, yeah, that's right. And when they were talking about, you know, the testing and everything like that and what they're, you know, it, it's it's it, it just was interesting to me that they didn't, um, they didn't, they knew that he had, but he knew he was around people with it, you know, and I know mm-hmm. that taking all precautions, I mean, and we need it, but that was a very, that was probably pretty, pretty interesting for him too, or, or just yeah. to it, knowing that you were around people, you know, and there's only so much you can kind of like, you know, step yeah. out. I know Jackie was there and I was like, stay away from Charles. Cause he was in the picture. Cause the video yeah. that was around you know? Yeah. What's wrong with these people, you know, but I know there's only so much they can do, but, um, you know, like, uh, like we talked a little bit about too, Tricia with, with, uh where the next fight's going to be. I know Dana talked a little bit about um, the apex in uh, Vegas. And Mm -hmm. uh, I was sharing that with you in the gym the other day that, you know, um, I I think that they are trying to figure that out, you know, but I think it's going to be in Florida for, for a bit, you know, until they can get Vegas in, but I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's just been safer here. And if they have a good system, and like Dana said in the post fight press the interview, you know he said we, we had we had to figure some things out and make it work, and now we we got it nailed down. So the first one was what it was. I don't think we're going to see anything like what happened, you know, with with whoever tested positive going forward. I think it's going to yeah. be a little bit more, um, you know, because they can't they can't risk it. But yeah. um, I'm so happy. I'm happy that if it's combat sports. It's a good feel, especially for boxers who are like, all right, well, if the MMA is doing it, if UFC is doing it, if, you know, Titans doing it, then, you know, we're, we're next. We're right there. Yeah. And that, that's important. So, um, you know, and it's just interesting that, you know, I think we're going to get a lot more uh, combat sport fans out of this, too. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you all so much for coming on. We'll thank have to you. And I appreciate thank you. Guys. Your time and your knowledge and your experiences and sharing them with everybody. So thank you so much. And um,
4: we'll see you soon. All right. Can't thanks, wait. guys. All All right. Right.
0: Good Bye. night, everyone. Thank you. Bye,
4: Daz. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take care.